You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is episode 317 for the 13th of November, 2017. Hello and welcome to an episode of the 365 Days of Archaeology. Today I'm talking to Lorna, who's a public archaeologist, about the Public Archaeology Twitter Conference. The second one. I got that right, didn't I? Yep, yep. The first one was in April. <laughs> and so, it, just just so that we're all on the same kind of hymn sheet here, what is a public archaeology Twitter conference? Where did the idea come from? Um, I stole it, blatantly stole it from the World Seabird Union, um, who are uh, a group of researchers, um, obviously researching um, seabirds. And I think they took the idea from a neurological uh, academic conference, which was held on Twitter. Um, and the background... To the, to the idea is that people can't get to conferences that are held in real life as much as they would like to and that is inherently excluding um, and exclusive and I wanted to find a way of um, providing something that everybody who have a- has access to Twitter can take part in um, and people can actually access the information that's shown on Twitter even if they don't have a Twitter account but they can't give a paper um, so that was the basic idea, and the Seabird Union were doing it. They seemed to do it really well, and it worked. Um, and I thought, I'll have a bit of that. No, that sounds really, really good. And what, what did you find was the response to you putting that idea out there? What was the kind of, how, how did people react? It, it went amazingly. I was astounded by how popular the idea was, and sort of light bulbs went on. Um, lots of people were really supportive, and I ended up with um, 62 presenters um, for the first Twitter conference in April, and it went on. And you'll have to forgive me, I can't remember exactly how long it went on, but it went, I think it was from 9 o'clock in the morning in Greenwich Mean Time to 11 at night or something like that. It was a ridiculously long amount of time, but some brilliant papers given and using lots and lots of different media and on a huge range of subjects. Um, and it, it was really well received, and people were discussing... Um, the conference on the day, they're discussing the papers, discussing the subjects that were brought up for days afterwards as well, which is great. Yeah. So uh, obviously there is, obviously taking a conference from a standard-like format where people are in person talking in front of a screen, what kind of changes with the Twitter conferences? What things did you have to organise behind the scenes to make it all work? How was it all set up? In terms of practicalities, it wasn't that difficult to organise. Once you'd got beyond grouping together people, getting um, you know a, a clear idea of who was going to present when, the timings were the worst thing to, to work out because we had people from literally all over the world. Um, and trying to get them you know, when they're not just about to go to bed was a bit difficult. But um, otherwise, it's just a matter of using the hashtag and that's the whole thing that this centers around is the idea that there's a hashtag patc and the discussions are held on that hashtag the the papers are held on that hashtag so everybody tweets with that in it and that's where you can follow the conference and and the hashtag is going to stay there you can search for it so you can carry on looking at this material asynchronously you don't have to be there in attendance to actually see the conference papers line with you know in action and you can also respond to them asynchronously so you don't actually have to be there when the paper is being given 
to be able to ask questions. Um, and most of the people that have, um, in fact, all of the people that have taken part in the April one, answered questions. Um, and some of that took a few days to come in, but people were still happy to discuss their papers. And, and most people seem to be very pleased with the idea that you know, it gave more access to academic knowledge just by using something as simple as a, a four-letter hashtag. And that's that's one of the key things that um, it's kind of very important in all of this is about opening up things like academic conferences to a wider audience. And so on the back of that uh, conference, you've decided to go for another one. I mean, was that quite a quick turnaround of ideas or did you have to did you think about it? Well, um, Jim Dixon and I are members of the um, European Association of Archaeologists Working Party on Public Archaeology, which is a very long sentence to say. Um, and we had originally had the idea of doing a public archaeology session at the EAA in Maastricht this year. And for both of us, because it was quite difficult financially um, to be able to go to the conference, and also the idea that we were going to be discussing issues of equality and um, inclusivity at a conference that was very expensive to attend and, and very you know, difficult in terms of travel and wouldn't be easy for a lot of people to take part in. We felt that there had to be another way. There has to be another way of doing these um, conferences, these discussions, and very important discussions about subjects as, you know, as wide as archaeology and politics and diversity and encouraging more people to take part in archaeology that doesn't involve the, the cutting off of people by your financial ability to take part or your academic sponsorship or whatever. Um, and so we decided that the time was ripe to sort of capture what we had planned to do something for um, for the EAA in September that we would do now in November. So how does somebody submit a paper to something like the Twitter, online Twitter conferences? Obviously every, like you have to split it into 140 characters kind of like bits. Mm -hmm. How does that kind of work? Well, basically you have, and unless you're one of the, the few who are being tested for 280 characters, um, you have 140 characters, um, but you have to include the hashtag in each of those. Um, and we say people have 15 minutes to tweet between six and 15 tweets, which can include pictures of text, they can include images, they can include film, you can include links to other sites, you know, any information that you want to add. And you shorten whatever massive paper you would give in 15 minutes at a conference, you know, try and shorten it. And I think that that really takes out some of the um, verbal that you might do and get down to the nitty gritty of, of, of what you're trying to say. And I think that in itself is an interesting intellectual challenge. Mm -hmm. And um, when you kind of, obviously, when you, you know, you have that kind of um, format of between six and 15 tweets, it also means that, you know, um, you could probably schedule tweets as well. So you don't actually have to be yeah. doing it live either, which is probably quite good. So, yeah, a lot of people did last time because obviously lots of people are um, busy doing other things. So they've scheduled their tweets and they, can't, they, they came back later on to answer any questions that people had. So it was great for presenters and I think good for people that were watching from the sidelines. You know, the, the, it didn't matter if it was live. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to be there in person from either end. That is really good. So when when is the second um, conference then happening? It's on Friday the seventeenth. We're going to have a um, we're going to have four keynote papers on the Thursday late afternoon, 
We're going to have a wine reception, wine or your choice of soft drinks reception um, in the hashtag as well. So if people want to come and mingle and chat and meet new people, and this is an opportunity I think that's quite important that can be replicated digitally, that that the, the benefit of Twitter is that you can come and, and follow people that you don't, you know, you don't know or you haven't followed yet. So there's going to be an opportunity for some mingling. Um, we've got some interesting keynote papers um, and we're kind of having it as an anti-keynote. So it's not, we're not saying these people are better than the other speakers. We just think these are good ways of kicking the discussions off. Um, and these include um, Raksha Dave, who's going to be speaking. We've got um, somebody speaking from the um, CAA. We've got somebody speaking from Historic England. And we've got Jaime Amalza Sanchez, who will be speaking about public archaeology as well. And so that's Thursday. And then Friday from uh, 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. I think that's it, 8 p.m. Um, there'll be papers in four different groups, uh, four different sessions, and there's a good hour break between each session and plenty of time for discussion this time because rattling through 62 papers or however many it was back in April was, was mind-blowing, hectic. And if uh, people want to, obviously it's too late to submit anything for this conference, but if people want to get involved or keep an eye on things, where online can they uh, find out more about the conference? There is um, a Twitter account. It's at Patsy Arc, P-A-T-C underscore A-R-C-H. And all the information can be found there. There's a link to the website, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, there, or they can get in touch with me directly or Jim. Um, we probably will be doing this again in April, um, but um, I'm not sure yet. It depends where we all are. But, um, well, thank you very much, Lorna, cool. for coming to speak to us today by the PATC. All the notes and links will be in the description. That's it for this episode of ARC 365. Please share this episode on your social media sites so others can have fun and learn about archaeology too. Please consider a donation to ARC 365 by sponsoring an episode for just $35. You can find the sponsor page at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash sponsor ARC 365. Thanks and have a great 2017 with the Archaeology Podcast Network. The song Storm Diggin' was written, performed, and recorded by Steve Webster. This show was produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.